Please join with me in prayer. Oh God, the light of your glory shines in the darkness of our world. We pray that as we hear your word, that you would make us attentive to what it says, eager to understand it, and prompt to serve the one who is revealed there. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Our scripture comes to us. Oh, it's back. Okay, good. From 1 Corinthians 12. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in every one is the same God at work. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ, for we were all baptized by one Spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, we were all given the one Spirit to drink. Okay. Dear friends of God, we're looking at the, we're going through the last part of the Apostles' Creed in these coming weeks, and here we come to this one. I believe in the communion of the saints. And if ever we needed to believe in the communion of the saints, it's now. After more than two years of COVID restrictions that kept us apart from each other, we affirm that we belong together. We, we've been so separated and isolated and, and you know, sometimes we couldn't even be here from, with more than 10 people. And now, after a long time of being dis- disconnected, it's time to reaffirm who we are and where we're called to be. Who am I and where am I called to be? Well, I am a saint and I'm called to the communion of the saints. So that's what I want us to reaffirm this morning, each of us. And I want us to, here we go. I want us to focus our, have this as the, as the thing you take away today. The thing, as you walk the 27 steps to your car, what was the sermon about? Well, it's about this. I am a saint, and I am called to be part of the communion of the saints. So I'd like us to say that together. I am a saint, and I'm called to be part of the communion of the saints. Let's begin with the first part of that. Okay, it's on, it's good, yeah. I am a saint. Yes, you are a saint. Each of you. What do you think of that? If you're like me, you probably don't think of yourself that way. I didn't wake up thinking, I'm a saint. 
Well, when you think of a saint, you're, you're thinking about somebody who's exceptional in their... There we go. Exceptional in faith and spiritual practice. And you know that's not you. You're not Saint Peter. You're not Saint Paul. You're not Saint Francis. You're not Saint John or James or, or Teresa. You know, all those great founding people, those great models of the Christian faith, those superheroes of, of the Christian faith. Yeah, that's not me. Or, or maybe, maybe you can take it down a notch, right? And you're just a really good guy, a really wonderful person, exceptionally nice. They look out for us. They do nice things. They, they always do the right thing. They go the extra mile. They're pure, upstanding, earnest, always positive. They do good things. They stand up for justice. They, they actively listen to people. They volunteer at the, the food bank. They help people stranded on the highway. They return lost wallets with the money still in it. They pray for people. They, they go to Bible study and learn how to be nicer. And you think, well, me? A saint? I, I lose my temper sometimes. I get into trouble. I'm a goofball. I, I'm not all that spiritual. I, I cheat a bit. I have some rough edges that don't seem to be wearing down. Hey, I'm no saint. And really, who wants to be a saint like that? Who wants to be that righteous, that good, that nice? They seem so unreal, too godly, too holy, way too beige, way too stuffy and boring. As Billy Joel sang so many years ago, I'd rather laugh with the sinners than cry with the saints. The sinners have much more fun. So it comes as a shock every time. Every time we hear it in the Bible, and it happens a lot in the New Testament where the Bible addresses the church, where the writer of the letter addresses people as saints, addresses you and me as a saint. And then when you turn your life over to Jesus, that's who you are. You are a saint. The Bible calls you a saint. And, and this, is, this is how... The next letter to the Corinthians opens. It says, From Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to Timothy, our brother, to the church of God that is in Corinth, with all the saints who are in Achaia. That's quite a statement. Because this is the church in Corinth. This is the church that's, uh, this is not a happy church. This is not, you know, this had problems. This is a problem church. This is where, where the problem solvers would go. They'd, they'd send consultants to, to start doing some, you know, some work there because there's, there's serious issues here. You know, some people were posturing themselves as, as better than everyone else. They were, there were factions. There were cliques. There were say, people saying, oh, I'm from Paul. I'm from Apollos. I'm from Jesus. You know, there's all these groups. There was rampant immorality. There was a serious rift between the rich and the poor. People were getting drunk at communion. Can you imagine getting drunk at a communion service? They had to be reminded about love. This is a dysfunctional church. And yet, how does Paul address them? As a saint, as to the saints in Corinth and Achaia. And that tells us something about what is a saint. A saint is not necessarily someone who's good. 
someone who's nice, someone who's perfect. The saint is not a superhero. The saint is simply someone who believes in Jesus and is a member of his church. A saint is someone who is set apart. When, when Christ comes into your life, he sets you apart as one of his own. It's the blessing we give to a child when we, when we baptize the child. Like last week, in, in baptism, you are set apart and marked as Christ's own. And you have the Holy Spirit working in your life working, renewing, transforming, setting apart as Christ's own to declare his mighty works. A saint is that. That's who you are. You have been set apart. You might think, oh, I'm trying to fit in. I'm trying to, to do, you know, what everybody else is doing and fit in here. But you are apart. You are made holy. The Holy Spirit is working in your life, transforming you through the power of the gospel. You are someone, as, as a little girl in Sunday school once said, you are someone through whom the light shines, like a stained glass window, a saint is someone through whom the light shines, the light of Jesus. And, and I believe that somehow that resonates with you. Something about it strikes a note of joy. I am, I am actually better than I think I am. I, I'm actually different than, than I, my self-talk. God's telling me something else, and, and that, that gives you joy. God has called you and consecrated you, and now you are called to live as a follower of Jesus, and you are a saint. There's a higher calling on your life, living for Jesus, being a reflector of his light, being set apart to point to the Savior of the world. It's humbling, and it's challenging, and it's what you're called to be. So you are a saint. Own it. Claim it. Live out of that reality and and know that for yourself because God is working in your life. I am a saint and I am called to be part of the communion of the saints. Called to be part of the communion of the saints. That's the church. We are communion, a community within which the renewal and regeneration of Christ's spirit takes place, making us better saints. We are a community of ordinary, garden-variety Christians who somehow reflect the light of Christ. In our passage, we learn that we're here to help each other, help each other live a holy Christian life, We are the body of Christ, and God has given each one of us a role, a gift, a contribution to make, as as our passage says. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. And there's something very encouraging about that. This picture of the communion of the saints, you were part of it because, why? Because God has placed you as a part of the body here. God wants you to be here. He has placed you here. And, and 
you, you matter. You belong. You are part of, of who God is shaping us to be. And, and you might wonder about that. You might wonder about that. Maybe you're new and you see all these people who've been here for a long time and you wonder, do I fit in? Maybe your skin color doesn't match that of most people and you wonder, do I have to be of a certain ethnicity to be here? You might wonder how you can be part of the church. How can I be helpful and and where do I fit? And, and, you know, where, where could I be? And, and yet we must remember this. I am a saint, and I'm called to be in the communion of saints, and that includes you. And you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and everybody, and everybody who's participating online. You are a part of the church. And our passage says that God has placed various parts in his body. You have something. You have something. You are bringing with you something that we need here in this place. Something that the Holy Spirit has meant to be present here in this congregation of Christ's followers. You need to own that with confidence. It's the task of the congregation to receive it and give thanks to God for it and to see how God is going to use that gift that you've got and that thing that that you have with you. And our passage acknowledges that there, there can be pinching points in this communion. It says, here we go, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I need, don't need you. Paul was writing to a church that had some annoying divisions in it. And these divisions threatened the life of the church. It pitted people against each other. Rich against the poor, Jew against the Greek, slave against the free, followers of one leader against followers of another leader. And, and we, we tend to make those same errors. We tend to, like there's nothing new under the sun, we tend to do these things. Those Corinthians had inner circles and factions that were somewhat hostile to each other. And we tend to build barriers against people who rightly should belong to the body. And we're tempted to think, Oh, we don't need that person. You know, I'm inspired by, by Lillian Daniel, what she has to say about this characteristic. In, in her characteristic cheeky style, she says this. Any idiot can find God alone in the sunset. It takes a certain maturity to find God in the person sitting next to you who not only voted for the wrong political party, but has a baby who's crying while you're trying to listen to the sermon. Community is where the religious rubber meets the road. People challenge us, ask hard questions, disagree, need things from us, require our forgiveness. It's where we get to practice all the things we preach. And I think a lot of those who can't tolerate organized religion are really just frustrated by other people. They think if they could just kick out kick all of the flawed human beings out of the church, we could really do this Jesus thing. Better do my spiritual life solo where I don't have to be disturbed by the amateurs. But that's arrogant. Churches are just groups of people, schools for sinners, not a club 
of saints, we must acknowledge that we need each other. The communion of the saints. We need each other. It could be messy. It could be awkward. It could be challenging. You know, sometimes we feel like, like, take a look at this picture. It's a small group of a church. Look at the guy on the couch who's got his hand like this. There he is, cringing. Who are these people he's thinking? Why do they have to sing so badly? Again, over and in and again with actions. And why is that guy playing the djembe not so good at it? It sometimes requires a lot of grace to be in the communion of the saints. And, and it requires us to be humble and to receive each other humbly and to say, I'm not better than you and you're not better than me and we need to be together. We need grace. Because church is not like the communities we, we create for ourselves on social media. Some, you know, we, we create our own communities. We, we, we friend people and we defriend people. We, we say, yeah, that person I can hang around with somehow, you know, through, through my social media and that person, yeah, I don't like him today. I'm gonna defriend him. I'm not gonna be in community with him. You know, we create, our, our communities are sometimes self-created. But that's not what the church is. This is a place where we're called to. It's a place where we're, we belong here. And, and everybody else belongs here. As, as David Mills puts it, that's one of the great things about the church, and especially the local branch. It's a community you didn't choose. You can't control it. It forces your horizons wider. You have to learn to love these people, or at least to act lovingly when you don't want to. The church's life teaches you charity in a way you couldn't learn from your social network. That's where I got the title of my sermon here today. What a gift, this communion of the saints. People you did not choose, nor would you have chosen, are in your church together with you. And God has put you there. What is God up to? What's, why is God placing you beside the person you're sitting beside or, or, or the person that's in this place? God placed you there, and each of you has something to contribute, and you can be confident that you belong here because of that. And together you will decide things. You will decide your life together. I mean, you're going to decide, you know, how, how to how to fix the parking lot, how to clean up the church. You're going to get work parties together. You're going to decide how to organize the kids' camp this summer. And you'll have to bite your tongue when you notice the outlandish tattoo that other person has. And you're going to have to bite your tongue at the, the rather paternalistic attitude that person is showing you. And you'll have to show grace to the person who's weak, and you'll have to speak truth to those whose behavior crosses lines, and together you will be transformed into something beautiful. I believe in the communion of the saints. That's why we are here, and we're slowly discovering the fallout from two years of COVID restrictions. Two years have made us realize, yes, 
we do need each other. There's something that we missed, something that, that we were compelled to, but we, were, we weren't allowed to come. We missed the fellowship. We missed the communion of the saints. We've missed the sense of belonging to something bigger than us, something bigger than our personal preferences. We've missed the messiness of community. You know, I meet with pastors locally here in, in our area and, and with a few across the country, and, and a lot of them, most, every one of them is concerned it's post-COVID time. Actually, we're still in covid uh, we're, we're all worried. Who's still with us? After the restrictions in the good and the bad ways we've complied or didn't comply and the participation on live streaming, the continuing fear of getting one of those highly contagious variants, we wonder, who is still with us? And yet, we remember what we believe. We believe this. Who we are and where we belong when we live into that calling we have to be the communion of the saints. I am a saint, and I, belong, I am called in, to be in the communion of the saints. I'm a follower of Jesus, and I'm called to be part of his body. And I'd like to end with us restating that truth in the way um, that our church has formulated it in the words of the Heidelberg Catechism. I'm going to ask the question and ask you to and say these words. What do you understand by the communion of the saints? First, that believers, one and all, as members of this community, share in Christ and in all his treasures and gifts. Second, that each member should consider it a duty to use these gifts readily and joyfully in the service and enrichment of the other members. In this moment, in the life of our church, in the life of our country, it's time to remember who we are and where we belong. Amen. Let's pray. Oh God, we thank you that you have placed us here. Sometimes we don't understand it. Sometimes we don't see it. Sometimes we're frustrated by it. And yet, Lord, you call us, and we come. Help us to be a true communion of the saints. Help us to be a place where your spirit lives, where your spirit changes us, transforms us into what you want us to be, to reflect your light, to show the world our Savior. Thank you that you are growing us and strengthening us, and we pray that you would continue to guide us through the power of your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.